My goodness, goodness, it's another episode of the Chad Prather Show. We are hanging out here in Studio 22, Silent Herbert looking over my shoulder. There he is, the deer, the deer that has nothing to say. But one day, one day he is going to speak. I have a very special guest in-house today, Mr. Andrew Heaton, the host of Blaze TV's Something's Off. Hello, Andrew Heaton. It's Thank good you for to me, have you. I am glad to be here. I know we got to say. I feel like I'm in your garage. This is this a cool, is cozy environment. This is laid back. The aura of Stevie Ray Vaughan still yeah. resonates in the room because apparently he recorded here, and no one can tell me otherwise. I don't care if it's true or not, but I will tell you who legendary has graced us with our, our his presence, and that is Party Foul Steve sitting over uh, there. In the peanut gallery, sit, gallery sitting over there, my lovely wife Jade, uh, hot news Natalie is sitting right over there with her feet exposed, and that's disgusting. He hates it. I know. Anytime oh, she's I showing an ankle and everything, and uh, I'm not even married not to her. Ankle. You are so non-puritanical. You really are. I know. I know. There's. Some I need you to showing. get more Elizabethan. <laughs> <laughs> I do have. That's my one tattoo. And of course, Puppet Master Mark is sitting over there in the director's Hi, chair. And once again, we're missing Candice, the queen of the Ethiopians. It is good to have you over here, my friend. I like, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You're my favorite person on the entire network. You Thank are. Thank you. Wow. I know. Thank you so it's a big much, deal. Chad. I mean, resident leftist progressive. Uh, uh, that is definitely le- how everyone <laughs> describes me. Resident progressive I, leftist. I don't know. Yeah. I have never come to that conclusion. I've never. I like it because you're a free thinker. You Thank are, you. I was about to say, I don't, I don't feel thinker. like I fit in one of those you boxes don't. very well. It gets me in trouble occasionally. What is it that you call it? The orphanage? The political orphanage. Yeah. Because, well, that's kind of my, my main thing is like the last few years, I. Uh, I, I started out working for Congress. I did work for Democrats when I was in Congress. I worked for, for Blue Dogs for the conservative Democrats mm-hmm. when they were still around. And then I, uh, I, I, I got into libertarianism, and I wound up working as a writer in Fox Business for a while. And then I worked for Reason. And, uh, and now like, I still like I'm, I, I am very skeptical of regulation and government and that kind of thing. But the, the main thing that just irritates me today is this like super red team versus blue team thinking? Yeah, uh, and you know, every, like, there's there's a good team, and everybody on the other team is evil and trying to tear everything down. And like, I, you know, I, I've been to some fun cocktail parties with Democrats. <laughs> I've been to some good barbecues with Republicans. There's a lot of good people yeah. all over the board. Uh, and so that's that's kind of and and I and the, the weird when I start doing that, then a lot of the time people are like, so you're on the other team, right? And I'm like, well, I guess I am. I guess I'm on the other team then, whatever that is. That's the problem that I have is everybody wants to label everybody. Yeah. And that's the thing. If you can label somebody, then you can put them in a box, put the box on a shelf, and you don't have to deal with them. Because now when Andrew Heaton's name comes up, it says, ah, yeah, but he's a – and it, yep. you define 100%. him by the label. I don't like that. The other thing is everybody has – anybody in America has their own interpretation and their own version of patriotism. You cut them, they bleed their type of red, white, and blue. Sometimes it's a little bit lighter blue. Maybe it's a little more purple, but whatever. They yeah. have their own – sometimes it's rainbow colors, you know, <laughs> but the people bleed, bleed their own version. And, that, and that's the thing. I love literally everybody until I don't love them. Because I'm kind of the same way. I, I feel like if, if I don't like you, it's a, I'm basically a Labrador retriever in cowboy boots. <laughs> so like, like I, if, if I don't like you, something either either I will point it out and be like, I don't like you, but it's really nothing to do with you. It's I didn't eat lunch today. Or alternately, like you must have done something because I like most people too. I'm in that kind of Will Rogers mold as well. Exactly. And and so I mean, let's look at let's just take a macro view of my life. I have a cisgendered male identifying man who is the director of this show in Mark. Look at the oh, beard. I know. That's I can finally tell. quaffed. He likes women as far as I know. I can't talk yeah, about his New Orleans women. experience when balls were flying in his face. Oh, that was Little League. Uh, but I – and I have 
I have my uh, Jamaican slash Chinese co-producer, Sean. Uh, we call him Black. Mm-hmm. I have my uh, my Guatemalan. I'm not sure if that's where he's from. Other co-producer, Jason Hernandez. We've got my gay agent, Willie Rodriguez, who is also a Cubano and claims to be a Republican. Okay. Mm, it's a weird mix. And my Jewish manager out in Beverly Hills, Arthur Spivak. So you are the I'm, most I'm diverse person. Highly diverse yeah. for a dude that wears yeah. a cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah. I love them all. Yeah. I just love everybody. If I dislike you, you did something to be disliked. Well, I, see, and I think that's fine. Too. I think an, another big thing that, that, uh, that I'm trying to push in, in my work is just this basic premise that good and intelligent people can disagree on matters of substance. Mm-hmm. You, can, you, can, you can have lots of people in your life that you, you don't have to agree with them. Yeah. It's, be, you, you talk to them and be like, hey, the thing you did, did you do that because you're a bigot? <laughs> oh, you didn't? Oh, okay. Well, okay. Let's talk about that then. If they were like, yeah, I just hate black people, I'd be like, well, I'm not. That's terrible. Don't do that. Or like, no, I just I thought it was a bad idea. Okay. All right. Yeah, exactly. So so I, I say this to you often, and it's a it's a not only a claim to fame, but it's a it's a it's a huge compliment. My wife sitting over here, she got introduced to you on the news and why it matters. Mm-hmm. I think we had done an episode together or something, and she said, I like him a lot. And I said, well, what about him? She goes, he's not a d- <laughs> and I, I am like, I'm going to put that on my. True. I'm going to put that on my dating profile. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be like Chad uh, Prather's wife thinks I'm not an ass. And that says a lot. I hold a lot of weight. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm deeply flattered. Well, and so and so because Jade Jade's never been a person whose background endears her to any real political leanings. You know, she's not. She just she sees something. She's a common sense gal, and so she sees it. And she's like, yeah, I like this dude. And I was the same way. I was like, I like Heaton because he thinks and he's smart and uh, and and you're younger than a little bit younger than you look. Uh, not that I you hope look, I look significantly. <laughs> uh, no, I, I hope I'm significantly younger than I look because I I, I, I look like an Abraham Lincoln impersonator who dresses <laughs> like a like a British game show host. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to shave pretty soon. As soon as it gets like 80 no, degrees, I'm going to shave. Come on now. I, Easy. That's probably tomorrow. Huh? Yeah, I'll probably shave tomorrow. Yeah, at some Here's point I will. what I need you to do if you're going to shave the beard first of all it's a nice beard thank you leave the stash and, and get you a matt kibbe curl get the, i would l- get the oh. get the hippie or, or the no uh, he, he looks like czar nicholas the second he does like, he has this like like prussian warlord yeah. mustache he's got i can't i think i think that if you're a white guy and you want to grow a mustache you have to either have you have to have jowls that's it you really or do. you have to be a cop you really or maybe do. a fireman i i would look like a, like a 19th century french dueler or like a very questionable wrestling coach. And so I, I can't I don't think I can pull off the mustache just And yet. I think you look like the dad on Family Ties. I'll take that. Steve I'll take Keaton. That. Keaton. Yeah, Steve Keaton. You're Heaton. I'll take it. Yeah, it's I it's I Keaton assume they built that in. We probably have some kind of ancestral alliance with the fictitious Keaton. I think we've had that conversation like before. Older, go look at a picture of him. I I think I'm like a week from that. I've seen that guy. He's a guy that wears cardigans and ties. And like, well, I think, a, hey everybody, how was your how was your day at school? Here's a lunch pail. Like I'm I'm so close to being that guy i'm like i think we have had that conversation about him looking like alex p keaton's dad yeah. and that that's funny oh, that's, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. funny hold you, on chad i like you a lot too i just want to put oh, that well, out. i enjoy having you on the program you're, i enjoy it you're, you're a very nice guy you're a very funny guy uh and uh and you have a way of making everybody feel included and comfortable i've never been around you where everyone in the room was not a part of whatever we were doing yeah uh, and it, it's a really nice quality that you have well, yeah I, I feel like you're you're like back in high school you're the cool kid that's like grabbing the dorks and bringing them along. Yeah, and I'm in the dork ca- hey, uh, crowd. Easy. So thank you. No, that actually, you're Steve talking. It's funny that you say that because I, I still to this day have the guys who were considered the quote dorks 
in high school, they reach out to me and they'll still say, man, we appreciate that you were an athlete and a jock and, you know, you chose to hang out with us and bring us, include us. It, well, exactly, because I had enough forethought to realize yeah. these kids were going to be changing these the world are, these one are good day. Investment strategies, being you know? nice to the debate kids. Exactly, these little Doogie Housers in here, <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> nice tennis racket kid. And so, yeah, they were. And, and, you know what? That stereotypes exist for a reason. And and I will tell you, I, I got I, dude, the news is breaking today. It's just things are going crazy. I don't want to talk about the news. I want to talk about us. This is mm. this is us. We're more important than they the should news. do a show called yeah. "This Is Us." Yeah, me. <laughs> I think it's been done. Damn it. <sighs> Where do real, I want to go? Real quick it? on the news though, the the, the Mueller probe thing oh, that crazy. happened earlier this week. Yeah, uh, I never covered that on my show. Yeah, because I was just I kind of bored with it to be honest mm-hmm. with you, and I thought it was. Probably going to mostly be smoke, mm-hmm. and I 100% was correct. You were right. 100%. I only did most one thinking show people, on it. Most thinking people were correct. You mentioned Nicholas II earlier. I want to go there. Good. Like, I, I was hoping we'd talk about this. What is bizarre. your realm, <laughs> I, which is actually um, the Bolshevik res- Revolution, the Russian Revolution, and the era of World War One is actually my favorite and most versed piece of history. I, like, I really enjoy – that time frame, because I think it was then that, okay, so first of all, the optimism after the Civil War, the optimism in the world, especially in America, was very humanist. And yeah. they thought they were, as they would say, in every day, in every way, I'm getting better. And they would encourage people to look in the mirror and 20 times say that to yourself. And so people thought it was, the, it was the Tony, one, Tony Robbins period of it, human history. It really was. Yeah. And so people thought that that one, men were inherently good, and they thought that people were evolving and becoming a more humanitarian and humanist state. And in essence, man was God in that respect. And then the stories and the songs and the poems of men going off to war in World War I, they were very optimistic and enthusiastic about going to war. Ten million deaths of men in France alone later— Mm-hmm. Over the four years of World War One, we realized the world is is quite an evil place, and ultimately, the rise of Adolf Hitler and all those things. What is your favorite period? I mean, do you, do you have you ever looked into that thing and just looked at the human condition? Because I feel that history is being forgotten. I so I I really enjoy the Enlightenment. That's that's the thing I've been really jumping into the last few years because I think that um, for most of human history, I, I think the natural de- the state of man, the the thing that we on some uh, instinctive level want is we want to have an authority figure, mm-hmm. uh, and we want to have social betters, which is an odd thing. Like when you look at like, I'm from Oklahoma, you're from Georgia, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I say the queen, you don't go, do you mean Beatrice of Norway? <laughs> Norway. You know who I'm yeah. talking about. Uh, the, we, we've got this desire to, to get them, and then we have this desire to have like a like a like an angry dad or a good dad or whatever. Uh, and the Enlightenment's the first time in human history where people went, maybe we just don't need like betters to tell us what we're doing. Maybe yeah. you can do your thing and I'll do my thing. And like, actually it's going to work out pretty well. And I'm kind of freaked out now because I feel like we're going the other way where like, like our friends over in Europe with the European union, they've gone feudalism, terrible idea. We, we, we agree. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the basic idea of Lords is awesome. It's just that we're going to put in like Ivy league sweater vest people instead of, uh, you know, blue bloods. Exactly. And I'm like, well, no, no, that was, no, I was against the, I was against the structure of it. Yeah. So I, I like the enlightenment a lot. I'll say with world war one though, I th- like I've been uh, listening to Dan Carlin's podcast. I don't know if you listen to hardcore history, but I had no idea how like 
crazy violent all that stuff was. Because World War II is the one with the snappy uniforms and the, <laughs> the, the embodiment of evil. World War One, they're putting gas masks on horses and things. Yeah, they, they were. And it was, it was you know, World War One was really a demonstration of man's inhumanity to man, which is what human history is made up of. It goes from one epoch to another in, in where people are just really being cruel to each other. And and World War One was was an ultimate demonstration of that because now we have the advent of things like air power and we have cameras where which can reveal a lot of these things. I don't know if you've seen Peter Jackson's documentary where he took actual footage from World War One, actual oh, footage. I've, I've seen previews and I want to watch. And he colorized yeah. it, and then he found people because it was silent film. So he found people who could lip read to interpret what these soldiers were saying. But then. You know, being a New Zealander and a World War One buff, he brought in people from these different villages and these different areas who had the same accents as where these soldiers would have been from to dub the words. So it's like you're watching them talk Whoa. in their own accents. That's so, intense. Yeah, it's incredible. So Peter Jackson, uh, of course, Lord of the Rings fame and, you know, incredible movie maker. He has this museum, World War One museum there in New Zealand, and he collected all these artifacts and among it was these films. And so he did this thing. So it's an interesting, interesting little piece. I would love did. to watch that. I think that'd be great. Yeah. Like, like World War One, um, the uh, like I said, they're putting gas masks on horses and things. I think that would have been a really freaky time. And that previously, if you got your job blown off or something, you just died. And like World yeah. War One, we have all these things happening, and yeah. we have like like battles that are like you know forty thousand people dying in an hour, and the battle goes on for like months and months and months. That was a a, a, a horrific thing. And then I think like this this is where the nerd in me comes out, where I'm like, God, the the amount of we, oh, we, that's where it we, is, we'd Andrew. Be a, no, I'm just that's like, we, where we'd be a lot further ahead <laughs> if that hadn't happened. Can I, so can I ask you a question? Sure. If you could time travel for a week just as a tourist, yeah, you can't change anything, but you can hang out. Where would you go? Where would you hang out? That's a good question. Uh, it wouldn't be the 20th century. Okay. That's a bloody mess. Well, I've been there. It was a, yeah, yeah, exactly. I've been there. there. I, I don't want to go back to that. That was a bloody mess. But, you know, I think that I think going back to uh, the age of the Renaissance, you know, the de Medici family and, and these these folks, I would love to go back. And, I and think see you would be great at Italy. a ball, like a Medici ball. A, yeah, up. Medici, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I think I would go back to the Renaissance and see these things that because the beauty of it is you could still see these things. You know, you can go to Rome, you can go to Florence, you can go to these places, you can see these things. But to go back and, and see how these um Oh, God, what's a good term for them? Not power mongers, but just these influencers of of government and society and culture and art and influence changed history in so many big ways. Because you mentioned the Enlightenment. The Renaissance was the same way. I mean, there's this thing where all of a sudden human history just steps up, sticks its head out of the sand and goes, hey, we're here. This is going to be a revolutionary change for all of human history in terms of influence. And that's one of those things, you know, that or I, I would say the Reformation, but they would probably burn me at the stake. <laughs> yeah, you'd totally be killed. You'd be killed as well. So when I lived in Edinburgh, um, they, uh, um, they, they had a really good like kind of national pastime of killing witches mm -hmm. in Scotland. And um, if you go up to the Castle Esplanade, there's this placard that says, uh, you know, right over here, they burned lots of witches. Uh, but in retrospect, a lot of them were good witches and we apologize for killing them. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're, none of them were witches. It was from like 1990. Like yeah. they were still like kind of still uh, apologizing for yeah. killing the wrong yeah. one. Uh, I, I'd go back. I would be curious to get into the mindset because like you, you brought up cameras a minute ago. I yeah. do think like we are kind of for good and for ill living in this panopticon moment where um, I don't think we quite realize how different it would have been 
150 years ago where if you were at a, a bar or a restaurant and you just shouted something, it would never affect anything? Nothing. You could just be a complete dick and nothing yeah. would happen. That's That was your wife's very kind to me. I'm on camera all the time. That would never you be never, you. I, you if, didn't go to the pub with him if, in Edinburgh. If, 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 if the grid goes down, I'm like like hitting people with rakes and stuff. Like exactly. The, the, the thing that freaks me out is do you have like a uh, like an Amazon Alexa or a Siri or anything like that? You I got them like, all. I'm, I'm, I'm a nice guy and I'll watch these, these period films where like some British lord is like, how dare you bring me Paul to this hour? Are you stupid? And then I like, throw something. And I'll be like, I would never say that. And then I'll get home and be like, Alexa, play Electric Light Orchestra. No, not that one, you stupid robot. And I'll just like yell at her. And I'm, I'm like, oh, apparently I'm, I'm an evil person when I don't have any, any pushback on me. Play ELO. <laughs> That's every day I enter my apartment by flinging the door open and saying, play ELO, bitch. Yeah, that is exactly how I do it. What, Jade? What were you going to say? I don't remember. You don't remember. If y'all could travel back in time, where would you go? Where would you go? What would you do? Just to be an observer, not change it, but just be an observer. I, I'd go back to, you know, when Jesus be born. Okay. So then you I could come back and be like, see, yeah. told you. <laughs> Lutheranism for the win. <laughs> he told me Luther's all about it. Well, well, uh, you know, I don't want to go down that trail because that could be a fun conversation to get <laughs> I, interesting. Can I, can I give you my best party question? Come on. I'm going to kick this to you. If you could shoot out uh, a different liquid from every finger on your hand, you got five liquids Ooh. you can shoot out. You're crazy heating. This is, and can I, this Something's is, off with This Andrew is why Heaton. I, I love this question. Yeah. He's like, like, huh? I can't believe you're not married. I, I can't, I'm such a good conversationalist. How is this not happening? Random hot girl in the corner. Uh, <laughs> Chad, I'm going to have more whiskey. <laughs> Well, I can tell you what would shoot out of this finger. <laughs> Happy juice. Yeah. I'll tell you why this is a great question. Though. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's a good question. Because I feel like so much of the time we go on autopilot when you meet people. Because like, if you feel like like uh, most people that are bad at remembering names, it's like, hey, what's your name? Bob, I don't care. I'm moving on with my life, right? Because you're, you're, you're moving. You're, you're, Label you're, box you're, shelf. You're, you're an autopilot, right? Same thing. Like, I don't really like asking people what they do for a living anymore because yeah. they, if they're excited, I'm excited. I like when people are stoked about things. But if they're like, well, I'm a mid-level accountant, they're like, I don't care. Let's move on. So I'm like, okay, like we think about ghosts. Let's talk about ghosts, buddy. Right? Yeah. So the five fingers thing, people like, they get this bug-eyed look, and then if they, uh, if, if they'll join me on it, I'm like, well, now we're going to have a real conversation. I'm going to see how your brain works for a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah. Good. Oh, let's see. Okay, so uh, whiskey, whiskey right has to come out, right? It's right, right out of your thumb. You just suck okay, it right out. And do you have a specific vintage? Uh, I mean, you know, whiskey's whiskey. whiskey? I, it, you <laughs> it's know, just it's, brown I, liquid. I would, uh, you know, it has right a now. Acid coming out of my index finger because that's your angle. Nice. Okay. Mm. Nice. That's good. good. We're talking right. to the microphone, Steve. So, if you're so, gonna, so far, if you guys gonna, have a really good night out at the bar. Yeah, yeah. whiskey yeah. hot acid. Steve, Steve's index. getting getting wasted and melting faces. Yeah, <laughs> middle finger. Y'all can think about what comes out of that one. I mean, I'm assuming sperm. Is that, yeah, is I mean, that, I mean, that just natural. Not the natural. The acid is for arguments. Yeah, don't hey, listen, don't for, get mixed up. If yeah, we're, we're redefining biology, we don't have to have sex to have babies. Yeah. I got a middle finger. There it is. Somebody help me. I don't know after that. I'm going to, so, uh, cotton. Yeah, I feel like gasoline would be quite helpful. That would be, gasoline. Yeah, yeah, gasoline would be good. You'd just be standing yeah. there by your car, right there by that. I think it's probably healthy to have some water. Water's yeah, a good idea? I mean, yeah. so. I'm going to go with miso soup. I feel like miso, miso soup. soup? Yeah, Out of your finger? I, if I have water, whiskey, and miso soup, I can live anywhere in the world, and I'm perfectly fine. You could drop me off in a desert, and I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
My stupid brain goes to vodka, tequila, whiskey, <laughs> rum, beer. So you are, you are just a, a mobile hatted bar at that exactly. point. Exactly. Just call me a, you know an Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. That would, that, would that would be a really good superhero is the walking liquor captain. Yeah. We just do a whole – we could do a whole uh, – um, um, Long Island sweet tea right here. Just put all my fingers oh, in damn. the glass and fill it up. All we need is a Coke. <laughs> I love it. That's a great party question, Heaton. Leave it to Heaton to come yeah. up with stuff yeah. like this. Oh, what time What time period would you go back to, party foul? I had a pretty good day yesterday. Mm. <laughs> you don't remember it. Yeah. I wish you could go back to yesterday and just observe yourself no. to see how you were. I think it's all captured on film. Yeah. I think pretty yeah. good. It, pretty good. Wait, Jade, how about you? If I was just observing, because I know it's been rough for females for a long time, which I think it's funny that females complain so much now when we've come quite a far. I, I want to repeal suffrage. I do. <laughs> I, I really do. <laughs> I have, if I was just there to see, I would like the medieval era. Yeah. That's always been you very tasty interesting tasty winch. Nights and all yeah. that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that's a very romantic era. Oh, but Jesus Christ. They, they didn't. Uh, all you asked was what I, how I felt okay. and what I wanted. So well, shut your mouth. Romantic, all right. Go back to Bill Clinton's office when Monica visited. I'll go back to grassy, Wait, of all of the knowledge. erotic things you could do, Steve, you're going to go to like, President bleh. Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. That's where you're going to go? Yeah. Just want to see if it really happened. Oh, it really happened. You're not <laughs> sure what happened? Trust me, Steve. It's 2019. Steve's one of the – okay, so we have this saying around here, Steve gets his news from memes. <laughs> Steve gets all of his news from memes. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get a T-shirt made. Uh, Herbert would probably go back to when he had a body. That's a, that's a mm. good deal, though. You know, history is fascinating to me. I enjoy it. Uh, it disturbs me, though, that we have so much revisionist. The winners get to tell the story, yeah. first of all. The winners get to tell the story. And how that's interpreted from the winner's standpoint and, and viewpoint. You know, I can remember my father, who was stationed in Germany back in the 60s, mid-60s, uh, in the Army. He was with the Corps of Engineers <clears throat> and was fortunate enough not have to go to Vietnam. But he can remember going into German homes, and they still had pictures of Adolf Hitler. Really? Because in their mind, he was a great leader. Wow. Okay. So in the sixties, because this in is in the sixties. This is long 20, 20 years been. after you know he committed suicide. So, so, <clears throat> uh, yeah. It's 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 weird how people interpret, yeah, their history. It's it, you know I don't like my so I went to college in history, and mm -hmm. it was also it was it was interesting because it gives you these sort of mental frameworks to realize that people think about things differently. So like like doing history. If you were to take um, the election between Grover Cleveland and McKinley, I'm mm -hmm. not sure. Let's say that those two guys ran against each other. I don't remember the – for whatever reason, there's that kind of like range of people with really good facial hair. It was hair 1900. From like, yeah, yeah like, 1900. Like, like 1880 to 1900 where I don't yeah. actually know anybody. Uh, and like if you were – if you're a Marxist – then you would look back and go, well, then I'm going to look for economic economic signifiers. I'm going to look back and go, you know, what were the uh, what was the average income in the United States at that time? That kind of thing. Or you might look and go, well, I'm more religious oriented, so mm -hmm. I want to look and see were there people that were, was this a Protestant versus Catholic thing? Was this secular versus Christian thing? Uh, or or maybe I'm I think it's ideological and it's more, were, were they uh, you know classical liberal or were they were they progressive? And uh, you can you can begin to see these filters that people put on things, mm -hmm. and I and I find that that's a very helpful 
um, skill set to have, particularly when you get into events in, in uh, <clears throat> present day where you can go, yeah. okay, because I'm when I look at the news, I might be approaching it from a very different lens than somebody else's and it helps me figure out what they're talking about when I realize that they've got this very specific mindset that they're bringing to it. McKinley got shot. 1901. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fun, fun story with McKinley. Yeah. And this is probably made up, but I like it. I used to be, yeah. I've been a tour guide in three cities. I was a tour guide in Edinburgh, a tour guide in Washington, D.C., and for one day in New York. Yeah. And in D.C., <laughs> uh, the story that I would talk about with McKinley was McKinley got shot, and I believe he got shot by um, uh, a a disgruntled guy that hadn't, he wanted like the, he wanted to become postmaster exactly. general or something. postmaster general. So, so McKinley is shot, and uh, and it's not, it's probably not going to kill him. He's probably okay. Like he's, these are tough guys back then, right? Yeah. Like these are all like, you know, like civil war vets. And, um, they, they bring him to the, the hospital and they call the smartest scientist of the day, uh, who is, um, uh, who's the guy that invented the light bulb? Edison. Edison. Thank you. Yeah. 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 So they bring it out. Supposedly. Yeah. They, they're, yeah. You know, the one we know, right? Sure. They bring in Thomas Edison because he had invented the very first metal detector. And so they brought in Edison to, to, uh, bring his metal detector in and, and locate the bullet in the most, uh, incredibly specific and targeted way you could do technologically. So he brings this thing in and like, you know, beep, there it is. And they, they dig it out and, he, and they're like, great, good job, everybody. And he's like, well, hold on, let's do another pass in case the, the lead fractured. So they're doing another pass, <laughs> bing, and it, yep, there's there. So he goes, okay, there's still more lead in there. You guys keep going. And they, they keep doing exploratory surgery. They can't find anything. They do another pass, bing, keep doing exploratory surgery. At this point, they're all like, you know, wrist deep in the president's guts looking for this thing. And he, and he's like, I'm sorry, it's somewhere in there. You got to find, they keep doing this. And then <laughs> after 40 minutes, some guy in the back of the room goes, excuse me, Mr. Edison, the fact that the president's on a metal cot, would that be an issue here? <laughs> and so they just gutted president McKinley with his technology. No Looking one thought for a about horseshoe. it. Yep. yep. So the Edison, anyway, the point is Edison killed McKinley. Exactly. But that, but that was to your point. I mean, it's like, you know, everything is kind of tainted and filtered, the whole thing. And it's a, it's a crazy thing. It, it's And that's, by the way, on that point, before we go any further, because we've said this in a recent episode, Millard, Millard Fillmore had to have the most integrity of any president ever. That's why he's everybody's favorite president. Everybody loves <laughs> Millard, Millard Fillmore. Fillmore. That's why he's I said Rushmore. the name Millard Fillmore in the middle of a podcast in every Body in the room was like who? He was eighteen fifty. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> this uh, peckerhead Googled it. So maybe. <laughs> Nobody else knew Please that either. He it might. He might have been our first gay president too. Or he no, might. is it Miller Film or is it, is it Buchanan? I can't uh, remember. Buchanan. Buchanan's the one that had yeah. like a gentleman. Yeah, Buchanan had a friend, friend that lived with him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. But no, I, I, you know, I love, I love this thing. And here's what I want to get into. Here's wait, what hold on. Wait, wait, why was Millard Fillmore the most? Uh, I'm kidding. I have oh, okay. no idea. Okay. Right. I, just, I just love saying names that people are like, I have no idea who that is. And I was like, he was president of the United States. You should have a contest where you make up one fact a week and see who can nail That's it. That's a good idea. That's why I keep you around. Yeah. Eaton. Listen, people, if you're not watching and listening to something's off with Andrew Heat, you got to be doing this thing. I'm telling you, you will learn. You will laugh and you will learn. And that's what I appreciate about you. Here's the thing. Um, I say all the time the phrase, you said it, and I love it, that 200 years from now, aliens are going to invade Earth, and they're going to dig up our artifacts, they're going to find Twitter records, and they're going to say, oh, look, they had a washed-up game show host, and they made him their king. I love that. Thank you. That is the best analogy of Donald Trump ever. I think that's about right. I think, like, uh, I I, – to a weird extent, I think about what a future civilization will think of us. Because like I said, I was a history major, right? Keep talking. Our glasses are empty. So thank you. Um, So the the, – if if you're if you're a historian 
almost all of human history, everything we know about it, is from one of three things. It's from crap people left behind by accident, like pottery shards. <laughs> it's from propaganda, right? Like our uh, the, the Gulf War from the perspective of Saddam Hussein. That's most recorded history, right? And then the third one is letters, mostly from Benjamin Franklin, but letters in general, <laughs> mis- missives that we have we have found, right? So like I look at Twitter and I'm like, oh my god, in the a thousand years from now, they're going to understand our civilization based on all the asinine crap we yeah. put on Twitter. So they're going to wake up and go, in the 21st century, <laughs> people hated Mondays, but they love memes of cats playing piano. Like that will be their – everything you've done in your life. Think of all the wonderful – your wedding, all that stuff is going to be Apparently, distilled down. Sunday was a fun day. Sunday was a fun day. Thank goodness it's Friday. Hashtag week. That's how they're going to understand us. We're going to be the most asinine – like we're not, but we're going to be perceived yeah. as the most well, asinine generation in history. And then, yeah, if, if you were aliens – Sifting through all the stuff. If you're going through VHS tapes, you would go, human life is nothing but birthday parties and going to the beach. It would like, that's all you would know of. And then now it'd be like, and they elect game show hosts as their president. Like, yeah, that's that's the, that's the world so, we live in. So I, I have this philosophy, and I'm going to put it in your head and just get your take on it. So everybody in here has heard me say this a million times. Throughout history, people have put their story on a wall, whether it was a cave drawing, an Egyptian hieroglyphic or whatever it was. Now we're putting it on a digital wall. It used to be we kept the words of posterity for posterity of, of the poets and the prophets and the kings and the philosophers and these folks. You know, we remember what Plato and Aristotle and Socrates said. Now, now everybody has a voice. Not everybody is responsible with their voice. Mm-hmm. And so we're putting this stuff out there and we're going to be interpreted by history based on the pablum that we have produced and mass social media. And that's how we're going to be interpreted throughout history. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not going to benefit like, us like real well. Like when somebody says, "I seen you on Facebook," like that—that's <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> does, does that, so maybe Facebook will wind up being the Rosetta Stone or something like that. In, in which case, like that's I think, like, that's like Rosetta Stone for Ebonics. It, it's just horrible. It's it, like like if, if like if aliens come down, I th- I think there should be a law that if aliens come down, we immediately just destroy every single YouTube message board. <laughs> Because I don't want to be like, hey, come check out the Grand Canyon. And then, like, everybody just shuts down because there's so much dark stuff or asinine <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, and, like, like there, too, like, you think about, like, um, I was reading a book about I'm, – I'm, 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 I'm talking to a guy about Adam Smith on Thursday. P.J. Work's going to be on. And I, and, oh, really? And, yeah. No you, you like P.J. Work? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a funny, funny man. He's coming on to talk about uh, awesome. Adam Smith. And, uh, but, I, but I was going through and, like, when, when um, he wrote The Wealth of Nations, mm-hmm. like, the, the amount of people that could – purchase books was like 1% of the population. So if you were at that time, if you were writing, you were writing for this very specific set. And but clearly it's awesome that like now we're all literate and could talk. Like I'm, 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 you know, my family was living in a dugout like three generations ago. And, uh, and, but at the same time, in Oklahoma, though, yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah. No, we got there and it was, there wasn't, and there weren't even trees. So we had to dig a hole in the hill and live in it. Uh, but uh, so you, and by the way, you are the smartest human that has ever come out of Oklahoma. Thank you yes. very much. Listen, I'll take that. I don't know that it's necessarily a compliment, but you are head and <laughs> shoulders above the general populace. <laughs> I I am the Fraser Crane of Oklahoma. Yes, I, I think I can, I can accept that mantle. I'm going to take that. Holy <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I lost my point. I no, decided, you were talking no, about yeah. come up with more awesome heat analogies. That's my favorite part of the program. <laughs>
Uh, but no, but yeah, I, I think it has changed. Well, and like the whole like yeah. kind of the, the the shift that you're alluding to, I think we've gone gone from we've gone from quality to quantity. Where you yeah. want to make a splash, you want to get the biggest outreach and make the talk to the most people you can, as opposed to honing yeah, what you're like actually. If I'm not about. tweeting every hour, I'm irrelevant. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. why I'm not huge on Twitter because I I try to say things that are meaningful. Sure. And y'all need to follow him at Mighty Heaton on Twitter. Uh, and I only you, do like two a day, so yeah, I won't exactly. Overlook. I'm the same way. Yeah. So you you have very uh, yeah. thoughtful well, tweets. Like that, that's I like part that. of it, like because yeah. you and I are in the same boat where you're you're making funny content, you're making regular content. You got to promote it. Yeah. But at the same time, like you're you're a, a thoughtful person, and I think you're also a focused person. Yeah. Uh, so like like I don't. It bothers me when I hang out with my my friends that are in their twenties. I'm 35. My friends that are in their twenties are constantly tweeting, or they're on on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. And it, it kind of it, it weirds me out because I don't want to. Um, if if I'm spending time with somebody, I just want to spend time with them. I don't want to be out in the ether. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and it, it's that kind of that that odd balance of being present and and being you know uh, in that moment. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I because I kinda... you and I've had dinner together, and you're like you know, let's, you know yeah, we both like, were, I don't want to put neither the fo- one no. of us ever took our phone no. out. We just talked the whole time. And yeah, exactly. It was good. Yeah. And you enjoy being with that person. Mm-hmm. It's weird to me that people they're, they're you're with someone, but you're not with them, and then all of a sudden. You know, you're texting somebody else or talking to somebody else. But then if I'm with that person that I was texting, I'm going to be texting you. Mm-hmm. It's it's a weird phenomenon. Like we're never satisfied in the moment with the human beings that we're with. Yeah. Anyway, I want to talk about you for a second. Oh, good. That's my favorite subject. Let's get back let's, to me. Let's get back. We were getting you. all Zen focused. I'd so rather... let's talk about the career path. Okay. How did you and you, you alluded to some places you've worked. And you've done a lot of different things. Yeah. I know you have. First so job, please, Oklahoma City Zoo. We, I, yeah, that's that's Hats a off fun. To good one. folks at the Dolphin Show. <laughs> Although we had to get rid of them because they kept they kept catching strep strep throat. That's <laughs> in Arkansas. Sorry about that. That wasn't me, by the way. I never touched a dolphin. That was. Let, let me just say too, Andrew Heaton is not only a comedian. He is, and he's legitimate. He's a comedian, stand up comedian, but he's also a master of improv. And a student of that, we'll get into that in a second. But I, let's walk me through the process of of what brought you here today. Well, I think it all begins with Club City Zoo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So I okay. So I uh, I graduated college and um, I I went to uh, I, I I went abroad for a year because I just I wanted to live in another country, but I didn't want to have to learn a new language. Yeah. So I went to Scotland. So that seemed like the easy the easy way to do it. And then I lived in. Uh, I lived in L.A. for about six months. I lived in a tool shed behind my best friend's house because uh, I I wanted to get into radio. wasn't and, a great friend. He couldn't give you the couch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got. You know what? If you're 23 and yeah. you're you're moving to L.A., live in a tool shed. Yeah. It is great. I, it was like living in a big Easter egg, and uh, it was really nice. I did that, but I wanted to get into radio at the time. Uh, but like the uh, but it was it was 08, and so the recession had just hit, and then NPR had purged everybody, and and so I, I wound up being a background actor, like like an extra, yeah, uh, in in film for, and I didn't really like LA, so I, I moved um, to DC, and I worked for Congress for a little while, and then I got a, a scholarship to go back to Edinburgh where I lived to get a degree in international politics, and. Um, through this process, I'm doing stand-up at night, mm-hmm. and I kept doing it when I was in Scotland. Actually, I think the the highlight of my uh, comedy career was I got asked to be a regular comedian at a thing called uh, Saturn, Edinburgh Saturnalia Cabaret. So you're doing comedy in Scotland? Yeah, yeah. I was doing comedy in Scotland. I, I was the comedian at this 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 American Cab- accent. Yeah. Well, I, it, it, I'm sure it would have curbed slightly because it once you're, if I think you're if you there, spend you any, take anywhere, on, yeah, yeah, you drop your R's you kinda, or whatever. You kind of become a comedian. Uh, but, but, uh, but, but I was doing that. And I, I went on between uh, a lady that took her clothes off and a guy that ate light bulbs, and I think that was like the best fit. <laughs> I know for that my, guy. 
Yeah, yeah, that guy. Um, yeah, so I did that for, and then uh, and then I went back to DC, and I thought I was going to get like a suit and tie job, like yeah. as a bureaucrat, and uh, and then I eventually I was going to try and get to New York and do comedy, and um, and then I was there for like six months a year, and I went, why am I doing? I don't want to be a bureaucrat. I'd rather be funny, mm-hmm. and so I, I upped and moved to New York, and uh, um, was doing comedy up there, and a few people over at Fox Business found out that I was a stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. but also I like. Free markets, and I like Milton Friedman. And there's not a there's not a huge pronounced intersection of right. stand up comedy. That's, that's and, not a big converging yeah. circle. Yeah. And so they went. So you know stuff about Congress, but also you like capitalism. And I was like, yeah. And you're funny. And I was like, I am one of the three. And so they they hired me, and I worked on <laughs> maybe not uh, in that order, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so I worked on a couple of shows doing that, and then uh, and then worked for Reason for a bit, which is a wonderful libertarian uh, magazine and, and publication out of uh, New York. And then I, I out of excuse me, DC. And then, um, then about six months ago, I just I finally kind of uh, I'm I, as I said I'm from Oklahoma originally, and I, I just kind of got worn out on New York overall. I was tired of uh, direct eye contact being a prelude to murder, and so decided it's about time for me to head home. So I moved I to hate Texas. It when my walks in the park end in rape. <laughs> yeah. <Come on>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it's more like no, I I'd, I'd say hide it. Like I'd I'd leave the apartment in the morning and go like. Oh, good morning. And my neighbor would go, I don't want to buy drugs. Like, I don't belong here anymore. I never belonged here. So I, so I moved, and, I, and then I got, I got oh, scooped wow. up by the blaze. And I went, okay, that sounds like a fun gig. How did that happen? I mean, what was the process there? I think they, they found some of the stuff I've been doing for a reason, because I've been gotcha. making a lot of funny. I, I, did, I hosted a show called Mostly Weekly, mm-hmm. which was kind of like a Craigslist last week tonight for libertarians. Dude, that's and, so much. People really need to listen to what you just said. Yeah, there's that, a lot to unpack that's there. A lot that, to unpack. That's a, see, that's comedy right there. I was yeah. able to make that really compact Mostly analogy. Weekly, like a Craigslist. Yeah. That's awesome. It's like a, yeah, a, a, poorer, a poorer late night show, but from a, a decidedly free market perspective. <laughs> and so the, I think the Blaze watched that. And a few people have been fans. And so they, they hit me up and then brought me on. And now I'm, I'm doing this and colleagues with you. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. You're the only have person you, I like around here. Have you done? Uh, oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Take that. My, my wife's in the room. The peanut gallery. <laughs> hey, the difference between you and my wife, she is a. D- <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that deer in the headlights. Hey, hey, like, you, Herbert, well, you know what I'm talking on. about. Now, you, you've done a bunch of comedy all over the place. Because every time I yeah. talk to you, you just got back from a gig somewhere. Yeah. You, you know, you, you've done it all over the states. Do you find that, and have, have you done it internationally? Either way, the question is the same. Do you find that humor changes anywhere? Do you find that you, you have to change your game when you're, Surprising, when you're around? Surprisingly, you, you know, the thing about international stuff is, you, you, you know, obviously we're not talking about Nigeria. Here. We're talking about the UK. Or Although I Australia. 100% go to Nigeria if they if they flew me down there, I, I think it'd be a great I, I, time. I, I, it's not. I've been there a time <laughs> or two. Trust me, it is on the do not fly list. Uh, uh, it is uh, humor is hard to translate when it's your culture. It's it's that much harder to try to do it in a culture that's that's totally different from yours. I find that my humor translates well in Australia. Yeah, it, it translates yeah. well in the UK. And, and like in Australia, like like yeah. there too, Australia is basically Georgia. I mean, it is <laughs> like like, it, it, like like I mean, like really like like demographic. Like I was amazed when I found this out, but I found this out like four months ago. Like like everyone in Australia that came over in the seventeen mm-hmm. whenever. Uh, they as prisoners, they, they had, but Georgia yeah. was a prisoner colony too, right? So yeah. like, like the British were sending over their, their felons to the, to the colony of Georgia. And at some point they went, Oh my, they're making a lot of noise and they have guns. <laughs> I don't think we should send them any more felons. Let's do we have any islands in the Pacific? 
It's similar to that. It's so like Australians are basically just they're they're cowboys from the British Empire. They, they really they're, are. They're, they're, they're very they similar really to us. And they're all and, and there's a lot of Australians who are watching this podcast or listening to this podcast. And and my heart goes out to you because I know you hate your progressive government. I mean, it's, it's gone. It's just been crazy for 25 years. It really has, and I'm and, and heart goes out to the tragedy in New Zealand, and I'm also sorry that now that you're having to give up your guts. You know they lost a prime minister one time, Harold Holt. They don't talk about this, but they literally they just lost him. <laughs> he just he went out swimming and never came back. Like imagine if Gerald Ford went swimming during the Cold War and just never came back. That would be the biggest friggin' conspiracy theory in all you of American what? history. You know, and there's like, oh no, you know, he went swimming and he didn't come back. And so we got a new prime minister, and uh, hey, Bob's your uncle. Like, there's don't talk about that. That's amazing. My mind flashes back to the movie, what was it, 1941, 1942, the John Belushi movie, where the girl goes out swimming, and all of a sudden the Japanese sub comes oh, right, up, yeah, and she's skinny one, dipping in yeah, the that ocean. Was one, of the, one of the theories was that the Russians went and like grabbed and put them in their sub, and like Harold Holt's on ice in, in, in Moscow, and they're going to yeah. thaw him out. And then they, they kidnapped uh, Hollis Wood, and they're like going, where's Hollywood? I'm Hollis Wood. <laughs> Holly Wood. I'm Hollis Wood. <laughs> and he opens up a box of Cracker Jack and, and the gift or the little the little prize is a compass and then like, oh, and he grabs it. <laughs> Go watch the freaking movie. It's funny. Holly Wood. I'm Hollis Wood. Anyway. That's what happened to the British, to the, to the New well, Zealand. So, so, yeah, so, so I, have friends, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a surfing friend in New Zealand. Yeah. Back to your point. And he says every year, every surfing season, we lose at least one person to a great white shark. If you, if you surf for on, the, on the North Coast, he said we, there is at least one person that goes away surfing from a great white shark, mm. which would tell me. I don't want to surf in New Zealand. I don't. I don't. So there's a good chance the prime minister waited oh, yeah. out. I think a very good. Like, like I, I went to Australia for about a month, and everything's trying to kill you. Everything. Everything's trying. The to whole kill place you. exists. The whole to the kill you. Whole place. Like, like if just if, like California exists to take your money, Australia they, they, they exists have, to kill you. They have duck beavers. Mm-hmm. Think about that for a minute. Duckville plant. It's a duck beaver. God <laughs> created a pervert beaver and put it on this <laughs> island at the far end of the earth. We're not supposed to live there. We're not supposed to be hey, in Australia. Look, give, give me a wide shot. Look under your chair right there. Look, 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 make, look back. No, right, they, 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 they over there. <laughs> Welcome to Studio 22. We got heads laying around here. Listen. There's Holt. There, there. <laughs> he made it. <laughs> there he is. There's the prime minister. We've got his head. <laughs> If you're not watching the Chad Brather show, you're freaking missing out. We we in Oklahoma, we lose like a hand every year in the uh, in the noodling festival. Oh, uh, the, and the, the if, if you you all know There's what no noodling way. is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, because you're you all are from proper America. Yeah. yeah you know what's going on. I wanted on. to do it, but you said no. somebody loses it. Yeah. So like, if, oh. if, if, if still right after that if, guy, if, if, if like, people, if, no. if you're listening at home and you don't want know what noodling is, noodling is when you go into a, a lake and you put your hand down the biggest hole you can find and you hope something bites your hand. You hope it's a catfish. And then you pull it out. And usually it's a fish, but sometimes it's a beaver and beavers will bite your hand off. And so somebody will lose a finger every like two, three years. Somebody will die. Uh, and uh, the whole thing just looks like like a, like a Cormac McCarthy novel set in, uh, in Arlen, <laughs> Texas. It's an amazing, amazing thing. Paris, Texas, population 191, 119. Uh, my good friends, Hannah and her dad, Jeff Barron, are in South Alabama, and that's they've kind of they their claim to fame is they're outdoor people, but they they noodle. 
I don't like being in the water. I don't care what water it is. I don't even want to get in the swimming pool. Oh, I'll wow. be on the water or okay. by the water. I don't want to be in the water, especially like not the ocean. I love seafood. Really? But okay. I don't want to be in the water. Okay. Now, the last time you and I had sushi together, I got sick. I woke up yeah. at 3 a.m. And but I, I poisoned you. Yeah, I, I think you did. I wasn't sure that you, you were a friend of I lost, yet, I lost so four to, yeah. pounds yeah. over 24 hours. Like, I don't want to kill him, but I just want to test him. Salmonella out his <laughs> <laughs> That came out. I wish oh, I could have I shot that out of my back, pinky. Steve. That was great. <laughs> nice callback, call Steve. Golly, that's why I keep this guy around. You know, uh... But they get in the murkiest water and stick their hands in muddy holes and yeah. hope to pull a fish out. That's weird. Mm. Yeah, so the, the dumbest thing you could do in murky water is try and <laughs> no, I've done a, some dumb grab things a monster with your hand. Yeah. I know. Jade and I were in. Anyway, the, uh, talking about people disappearing, <laughs> we were in Cabo uh, this last summer, and Jade had an accident we won't get into with the surf because they tell you don't get in the water there because it's it's the the undertow is so bad the tides are so bad in most of the beaches in Cabo. But they had a couple who had came out to renew their vows. They were in their sixties. They came out to renew their vows. You got to do that, they, otherwise it lapses. Exactly. You got it. You, you <laughs> I, we just do couples a lot of colonoscopies. Don't know that, but Episcopalian marital vows yeah. only last for twenty five years. <laughs> yeah, they're so. not. They're not. They're not yeah, forever. They're not as strong. That till death do. No, yeah, it, go does it doesn't count. <laughs> We do couples colonoscopies. We, uh, you've heard of couples <laughs> massages. This is a deep tissue. We uh, we bend over, look each other yeah. in the eyes, and go. I do. You know, we renew our vows there. It's very end of it. But th- these folks were in their sixties and went out to the water to just kind of look over the ocean and got swept away. A wave hit them, got swept away. They never saw them again. But they renewed their vows and then went into eternity together. Okay. Yeah. So I don't. I don't do the get water. married in a rainstorm, folks. That's the. <laughs> <laughs> Do it in Kansas. Tie a knot with your tongue that you can't untie with your teeth. That's the deal, okay? Mm-hmm. Make it forever. But no, I, so you wound up here at the Blake. How have you adjusted to living in Dallas? Are you in Dallas? I'm in Dallas, yeah. I'm, I'm in the Bishop Arch District of Dallas, which is you like— You would be. I would be. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But it, it, it's like—have you seen this uh, show, The Good Place, yeah. Ted Danson? It's like that if it were in Texas. Uh, Ted Danson is one of the nice, nicest yeah, dudes on I'd the planet. I'd love to meet him. He He's a like nice, a nice yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, I like Dallas. I like—the I like, uh, the whole thing's been really good. I mean, the—my the, the, um, the my blood pressure is noticeably lower. Uh, because like, because in New York, like it's, uh, the, I, you know, some of my best friends live in New York. There's a lot of really think good things going for New York, but well, like but, you were getting raped in Central Park. Yeah. Eye contact. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah, those that 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 Tuesday rape <laughs> session was a terrible thing. Uh, I don't want to show up. I have to. The the uh, the no the the, the New York. Uh, it it got to me because it it is so frenetic. Like it's it's very the 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 friction of it the. Yeah. Uh, the the energy level necessary to live there, and it's also the etiquette model is very different. Very. Like so, like me being from Oklahoma, um, the etiquette where I'm from is that you show respect by engaging with people. So, uh, like my fa- my uh, the Heaton family is, is our strongholds, Alva, Oklahoma. And if you if you're driving into Alva and you don't wave at people. They're like, why aren't you waving? Like, what did you? What, what are you? Hiding? Alva, isn't that the home of Blake Shelton? Isn't that he's from? He's, that sounds he's Ada. About oh, Ada. Ada. Okay, yeah. Ada. I don't. Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm not. They're sure very monosyllabic. Mono, yeah. So well, most, Ada, yeah, the, the, the rule in Oklahoma is all of our towns are named after the the last red guy or the first white guy. Um, so there's a very specific <laughs> pattern that you can see playing out over the. Yeah, time. I. Uh, uh, I've been but there. but uh, but it's it's a very it's a very gregarious place. Last and, uh, red guy or the first and, white and, guy. In New York, though, <laughs> you you give respect by giving people space, right? And I was never going to reconcile that. I couldn't square that that circle. Whereas Dallas is lovely in that capacity. It's like it would I I could I could do a little bit friendlier 
in in that like I've been to like small towns in the south where like you come in and they're like hey like you want to live with us like they, there is a certain like you know really over the top that I, I I quite like but no it's been nice and I like having a car again and uh, I like being able to drive everywhere I, I call people on the phone a lot more I'm more connected to my friends and family it's been good you're a talker yeah. I mean that, but yeah, that's yeah. when I when I say that I mean that in a good way because you you're a communicator so you like yeah. to talk on the phone like you actually have the over-the-table conversation or the telephone conversation. Yeah, and that, I, I get all my energy from other people. And I'll say, like, I do that too. The, the older I get, like, the more important those relationships are to me as well. Yeah. Where, like, like now it's it's very important it's to me that I— 35. Mark's 35. <laughs> say that to the next Andrew, we think you're very magnetic over here. We've been talking about you. And James and It's like a, a panel. Oh, my God. Thank you. It's just that there's—you know, and you can't put your thumb on it, but— Steve has a crush. I'll take it from all three of you. Thank you very much. At the same time. I graciously graciously accept your tripartite sexual attraction based on mystery. Um, I'll take that. We're only getting to see the back of your head, but it's nice. It's a finely coiffed hair. And and although if we went on a date with you, you would ask us, like, what's your favorite cereal? (laughs) You know what? But I'll say this. It would be a weird date. It wouldn't be boring, though. And no, then you'd be a boring date. I know. You're you would leave that day and be like, I never had, I had never thought about, you know, uh, what if I had to swap the bottom half of my body with an animal, what animal I'd pick. And, you know, it'd, it'd, be, it'd be interesting. Yeah. I would like to see you in Fort Worth because if your blood pressure is decreased in Dallas, I could we, see would, that. we would need I, to bring a chair and I, have it behind you at all times in Fort Worth because we're, we're, we do the need to bring heat in Fort with. Worth. We need to come over. We'll go I'll to a totally fine dinner. Do you guys have bluegrass over there? Because I haven't found any bluegrass in Dallas. Uh, no, really. I think, I think this area is. Gone full not, tilt country western. Yeah, yeah not really. There's there's no real good bluegrass anywhere. We have green grass anymore. It, it's it's uh, but I want to I want to bring you to Fort Worth. We'll put you up at the Hilton downtown. We'll take you to a fine dinner. It'll be it great. great. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm told I'd like Denton too. I have not been out. Denton's there, good. Denton's, Denton's just too far away from where it's at. You know, Denton's kind of grown up so big that it's like every other metropolitan area is trying to figure out its traffic situation. But Denton, you know. But no, you need to come over there. Our, our friend, uh, we went to a, a, a tasting the other night. For uh, Stephen Rochelle is a good friend of ours. He's a chef, and he's opening a new place called um, Wishbone and Flint there on the south side of Fort Worth. Fantastic! I still don't know what I ate. Hmm. I had beef jaw, beef jaw, beef oh, yeah. jaw, yeah, yeah, beef jaw. And it was it was apparently beef jaw is a very tender, very tasty meat. I don't know, but it was good. And so you know, we have all these chef friends over there. You got to come to Fort Worth. I'll come we'll hang you up out with in a... your town full of yeah, chef connections. We'll, and yeah, we'll, we'll... And, I, and I'm told I'm told Fort Worth's a little bit more gregarious too, which I do like. like well, I'm, it is I'm... that. It's a little more laid back. It's a big small town, and uh, it held on to its heritage, albeit it has grown very cosmopolitan. Well, it's a cow town too, right? It's it like is. You, you tend yeah. to like, particularly this part of the country, you, you, there tend to be cow towns and oil towns. That's true. And, and Dallas That's is an true. oil town, and yeah, and Dal- is Dallas is where that oil is where the money came from, and, and Dallas is a weird place. You know, only about ten percent of the people who live in Dallas are actually from Dallas. Really? Wow. Yeah. That, no, that checks. I mean, that you're, checks you're out per, anecdotally. You're, you're, like everybody I meet from somebody else. Yeah, they're, they're always from somewhere else. Yeah. But no, I, I, I've grown to enjoy Dallas. I was conceived in Dallas, so my parents did a dirty thing in a horrible place. Uh, but I, so I have this, you know, I believe that birth begins at conception, and so I'm a Texan. Okay. And that, right. there you go. But yeah. I was born in New Jersey, so there is Really? That. You were oh, born in New born Jersey? In New Jersey. I, I never would have guessed that. Four months of my... If, if you, I would I would have put you in Azerb- Azerbaijan before I would have <laughs> put you in yeah. New Jersey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I do love Azerbaijan. Yeah, I was I was through there once well, on a train. It's, it, it is the Hoboken of <laughs> Central Asia, so like I can see that happening. <laughs> well, I just love saying Azerbaijan. Azerbaijani. I'm Azerbaijani. Oh my God, you like it though? You like it being here? 
Yeah. You like being on the blaze? I, do, well, I'll say I mean, like they sign the, a text. The, the only thing, like, so I initially moved down to Austin. And Austin is a quirk-based economy, and mm-hmm. I like that. I like the quirky. Uh, so, like, like, like I, I fit very well in Austin because I showed up and, like, I got out of my car, and they're like, here's your ukulele. Are you coming to the turtle race? And I was like, is that – we're doing that today? They're like, well, it's Tuesday, isn't it? We're going to do a turtle race. But you it's go like, to these things. Like, you were at South by Southwest. Yes. And I'll say, like, Dallas has it, too. Dallas is uh, – I think Dallas is, like, Oklahoma City's older, hotter sister. So I get it. Like, I get <laughs> Dallas. I, I understand what's happening. Yeah. And, like, and Oklahoma City is the same way where there's really cool stuff happening in Oklahoma City. You just have to look for it. Yeah. Like, Austin's very – it's very uh, – you, 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 you need apply no effort to find weird stuff in Austin. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, like, I've been to, like – I've been to prison rodeos. I've been to uh, rattlesnake derbies. But you have to have a car. You have to know some people, uh, like uh, Bigfoot hunts. There's you ever some... go to Hippie Hollow? No. I haven't. Oh, in Austin? No, no, I haven't. I did. I... Yep. Yeah. You did? Me too. I did. Is that is that the, the, like, the nudist thing they do when the, when yeah. the moon comes out? Have you ever been to a nudist yeah. camp? I've, I've been to Hippie Hollow. Have you ever been to a – Andrew, have you ever been to a nudist like – No, I thought about camping. going for Thanksgiving one year, but I didn't, I didn't follow through with it. <laughs> But I, but I actually, I was I actually did give some serious thought to this one time. I thought it'd be interesting. Yeah. So I went to a three day weekend thing. Uh, I, I, I swear to God, this was I, I like. I just had to go see whatever this was, and so I got invited to this thing, and I was like, okay, so this is a nudist thing. There are things there you cannot unsee. No. Like there are things you don't want to see. There are things you can't unsee. Yeah. Like it's not. This is not the Sports Illustrated. Yeah issue this is not these people the, the, the it's first, a weird it's a weird thing man the first nude beach i ever went to i went to i was in uh barcelona mm. i've never been i'm again i'm from oklahoma it's like a norman <laughs> walkwell painting i've never i've never been to a nude beach and i went to barcelona and uh it was a nude be- i think I, I i found out it was a nude beach after i showed up i didn't go because it was a nude mm-hmm. beach and i'm glad because i would have been so disappointed no one no one that was naked at that beach should have even been no. an extra in a documentary about crabs. I would, not have, <laughs> I would not have put a single one of those people on camera from 80 feet away. They were all terrifying, horrible, horrible looking people. The people that want to go to nude beaches should not be nude. No, and, no. But, however, there was this great moment where it was like it was uh, aught seven, and and there was this. Uh, I there love was, the fact that he says ought. There was this, and he does it consistently, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Yeah. There, 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 there was a protest going around Europe where everybody would uh, ride bicycles naked, uh, to, I think, to protest <laughs> the war in Iraq or something. And they, they went past this beach in Barcelona. Everybody came out, and we all started applauding. And um, and they happened to go past this this na- the, uh, they, they, these nude bicyclists <laughs> went past this eighty year old man in an electric wheelchair who did not know what was going on. So he's just riding his wheelchair back to the house or whatever, and all these naked bi- and he starts looking around, and his face was just filled with this beatific joy, and he kicked his wheelchair into high gear, and it was like the eighty year old version of the running of the bulls. It was I was like I've never seen someone so happy in my life. It was great. Beatific. I know. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I just laughed so hard I lost hearing in my left ear. Oh, my gosh. That's funny, Andrew. Oh, God. Andy Heaton. I don't want to stop yet. I don't. I just don't want to stop yet. There's there's a couple of other things. I just, okay. I just don't want to stop yet. Well, Nate, if you do cap me off, I'll come no, back. We no. work 30 feet away from each other, I and I like whiskey no, and you, so we can make this happen. Uh, you got to watch it. You gotta, you gotta listen to it. You have to subscribe to Something's Off with Andrew Heaton. You can see it. He's got snippets on Facebook, YouTube. It's, it's all over the place. You gotta see it. I appreciate the fact that you, as technically a millennial, yeah, 
I'm like a fifth year millennium. Yeah. Are an intellectual. Thank you. They exist. Yeah. A free thinking, critical thinking, intellectual. And I always learn something by being with you. I always laugh being with you. And I enjoy being with you. So I think that anybody listening to your show is going to do the same thing. And, and, and this is, and and I'm not kidding. I don't, I don't like Sarah Gonzalez. I have to spend a lot of time (laughs) with her, but she's really a needy. She's a needy. And um, that's and, why I came here was to slag on Sarah Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah. and and, and I, really, I wish we had built the wall long before her family got here. You know, <laughs> so I appreciate you. I appreciate what you do. I appreciate uh, everybody watching and listening to this. I need all the thousands, the tens and tens of thousands of you to go follow my friend Andrew Heaton. <sighs> Party foul, Steve. Did you learn something today? I just want to no. I just want to go back to Hippie Holla with Natalie. There, and there you I want to hear that story. Did so. you get naked at Hippie Holla? Uh, actually, I was a news reporter. There was a story there, and I went and covered yeah. it. But he's, an investigative I'd journalist be, is what we have here. Best things are left to and your former own Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. I, I've never seen a, 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 a to, to what you were saying a place like Hippie Hollow. I mean, I know there's tallywhackers flapping in the wind all over, but it's not really a place you want to go. It, it's not the most they tend to not flap. They more poke. She's they kind of like they just kind of look at you like a porpoise that leans a little but left or right. You can't see them because there's like this. The fat. The, they got the well, fupa. It's, you know, it's they got the they're the, beatific. They're, so. the, well, it's not beatific. They got the dicky do where the dick, <laughs> the, the your belly sticks there's, out. You know, I guarantee you, there's there's so. got to be a German word for what we're describing. <laughs> there's got to be a German word for the yeah. phenomenon of the illusion prick yeah. wanting, wanting to go to a nude beach when you should never go to a nude beach. I bet you, Jusen, yeah, Jusen Pracken. Jusen Pracken. No, I, I, our first, Jade and I's first nude beach experience was in Jamaica. We just happened to walk too far and suddenly we were there and we immediately turned around and walked back. <laughs> it was. Wasn't good. Well, it was almost uncomfortable because we had cl- we had a bathing suit on. Yeah, we we really stood out. How dare you? I, I know. I was all for getting naked. I'm like, come on, girl. <laughs> yeah, but you're always that way. We got naked, naked in now. somewhere another. Chad, country. you've been on my show three times. You've never worn pants, not a <laughs> single time. Every time I ask you, please wear I pants. Wear, what I wear is green tights, and they they just put the yeah. Uh, you wear that leotard, green screen. My my pants on. Yeah, I know. We should do an episode with just boxer shorts. That would be okay. I'm up for that. Just we do we'll that, wear yeah. the tie and yeah. the sport we'll, coat. We'll, yeah, on. I like that. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get cigars. Wear wear underwear. Yeah. See, they don't think outside the box here. <laughs> That's the problem. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with that. All right, guys, get his podcast. Listen to it. He's on you four or five times a week. Five times a Killing week. Killing it. You're yeah. an overworker daily. Thank You're you. Hard yeah. hardcore, and it's good stuff. You're going to learn something. Uh, I try and make every every episode's funny up top, where I write the stuff in advance, and do. then I bring on a bunch of different people. You work really hard. Thank you. You work really hard. Your show is well produced. I love your set, uh, and you are an incredibly inventive and creative genius. There you are. Nice. Put it on a t-shirt. You are. I'm good. I'm going to listen to this episode every day. I'm he's to also work. not a. D- I'll tell you, Dennis Miller told me on a podcast episode once, he said, every time I'm feeling low, I'm just going to call you up, my man. <laughs> like, I, I, I just tell people what to think about him. And so it, it's it's a good show. So go get Something's Off, Andrew Heaton. Do it. Thank you for being on set. Thank, thank you for having me. Thank you for drinking my whiskey. Hmm. 
my redneck whiskey. It's good stuff. It's $22 a bottle. I'm going to have to drink water with my producer for the next two hours <laughs> before squirt. I can drive home. It'll squirt right out of your finger. <laughs> for Party Pal Steve, for Hot News Natalie, and of course for my lovely wife, Jade, and the puppet master over here, Mark and Candice, queen of the Ethiopians, who's not with us today. She's over there doing work. I love y'all. God bless. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.